13th floor. The 13th floor. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I am moderator B. Jones, and this week I'm joined by Mike D. Michael Matthews. What's happening? What's going on, everybody? What's going on? Good week. Uh, short week coming with the Labor Day weekend, so looking forward to being outside getting some grill on. That's this week, huh? Mm-hmm. Another government holiday. Love Always. It. Always. Always. Hey, Dace, what's going on, baby? What's going on, man? Another beautiful day in paradise. It is beautiful, man. The weather is changing. Getting right, right. Fall mixing with this summer heat. It's a little, it been raining a lot lately over here in the VA, but, you know, we still we still enjoying it. I am. I see you brought that line. <laughs> I hit my finger, bro. Just jam my finger that fast. Earthquake, earthquake. Just jam my finger that fast. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? I see you switch the shoes out for the line this week. We appreciate right, it. Right, man. Got to bring it back. It's Virgo season, but, you know, we still represent. Always, always. <laughs> Coach Kate, what's going on, man? You in the building. What's going on, man? I don't appreciate y'all changing the code on the elevator. The last two weeks, I was trying to get up to the 13th floor, and it wouldn't take my code. That's what we calling it? Nobody would respond when I was pushing the little button. Hostile takeover, ladies and gentlemen. We had to get right. the studio right. I've been crawling around in the ceiling for like two weeks. <laughs> Committed. You hear it, though. Yeah. Easy, easy. Hey, fellas, so I have a question, man. Mike, Coach K, I need y'all weighing in on this heavy. j give me your thoughts and opinion, too, since gotcha. you're still a single guy. Uh, but – so you all are married, and I'm sure you've come – I don't know if you've come across it or not. But for me, it was an interesting situation with the spouse. Not married yet, damn near, kind of in between, whatever. How do y'all feel about using the bathroom or your spouse using the bathroom in front of you? What bathroom? Excuse me? What bathroom? Number one, one or two? <laughs> I ain't even made it past number one yet, so I don't know if I can get to number two ever. But we'll start with that, number one. Nothing that happened. It is what it is, man. This is what hey, it is. Hey, yeah. hey, listen. Here, here's, here's. I think here's the caveat to that. Before children or after children? What's because that? if it's after children, you don't seen so much during labor that nothing really right. matters anymore. Yeah, you've seen that during labor. I mean, I was yeah. there. I saw the child come out and everything. So, so after is what's the, it's a, it's a body function? You go. And then, I do go, but I don't do. I don't go in front of no any anybody. I mean, that's not happen. true. Whenever you go to a public restroom, there's a bunch of people in there. Well, okay. You know, it's just different. Like I, 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 I don't know. I, can't. I don't really. I don't think. I think it's. I do it. Yeah, I've done it. In, I've done it in the past. Like it was okay. So was it like you? Are you saying like the door was open or no, like, like she was right. in the bathroom brushing her teeth? And I'm like, no, I'm talking. About, I'm talking <laughs> to, to Brett. You no, know, the door. Like I can't even do the door open. Like I don't even. Like, I don't know what it is. I got a complex apparently. Like I don't even like to necessarily hear it. And I don't know if it's just. Oh, because yeah, <laughs> I feel you. I feel you on that. Um, but yeah, no, I I was. The conversation was like, well, why can't you just, you know, be in here or whatever? Like, you know, I'm trying to brush my teeth and she got to use the bathroom. We have two bathrooms, but the other one's occupied. I'm just like, no, nah, you can have it. And then it becomes, you know, why is it such a big deal? You know, if it's just a normal bodily function. But for me, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it just is what it is. I can't, I haven't, I haven't gotten over it. Hey, but, and you're a former athlete as well, right? Uh, yeah. So you didn't have to turn your head and cough beginning of every season? 
turn my head and cough. Yeah, they had to check you for hernias before the season ever ever started during your physical. Yeah, we did the physical thing and everything, but okay, and that was a stranger. Like you weren't even using the bathroom. They were just. I think it's more so the sound of somebody else. You can't. You know, urinating. I think that that's the 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 thing that he's tripping on. (laughs) Okay, so there are multiple sounds. Don't focus (laughs) on the urination. (laughs) <laughs> and, <laughs> and if I, I, I think that's what Greg tripping up. That's 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 where he like if you on the turnpike and you riding and you go to the bathroom, are you waiting for everybody to come out before you go? No, like I can so, go in the bathroom. Like I've been in the locker room. The like I've been in the locker room with no doors in high school. So like I don't know what the I don't know how to where the disconnect is. I don't know why it is where I just. But that's dudes. I, I think it's are you. And that's the, I think it's a female. Like you just. I think that's the disconnect. Are you at peace with your manhood? You have to be if you're in a locker room with no doors, with a shower. Or like <laughs> that's not separated. that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> what what are we talking about? <laughs> I, I, I'm good with. <laughs> I'm good with myself. It is. Right, right. You're only in doubt is what you're in doubt, and whoever. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out. Do you, do you feel like you're still under evaluation, or I mean, like? I think I don't think it was. It's a problem for me to use a bathroom in front of my lady. I think it may. It's more so of her using the bathroom in front of me. That's how it started. It was. Oh, oh. Well, you see, you you needed to frame this the right way then, because we're right. thinking it was a problem of you using the bathroom in front of her. But it's her using. Oh man, you know how they are. They they want to make it seem like they don't. Such things don't come out of their body. <laughs> True, absolutely. It's a secret. No, nah. it happens. Nah, I I feel you on on the, the the hearing it. I don't know what it is. It's, I don't like to hear it either. I just that's I why know. I asked one. But he didn't say anything about the hearing thing. You brought that, that up. No, no, no I did. Yes, he did. I did. He I don't. He I don't like to hear it. I can't be in the same space with the woman that's doing it. And we only talking about urination. We ain't yeah, we just talking about urination. I don't like to hear it. Either. Man, I don't know if this is about you. If this is about your lady. I don't know who this <laughs> is about man. What's the next segment, man? Just. <laughs> Y'all, y'all ain't no help, man. I'm thinking I'm gonna be getting some counseling or whatever. I just, you know. Nah, man, you need a different kind of help, man. I can't help you. <laughs> just, just brush harder. Using <laughs> <laughs> the mouthwash, just switch, switch, switch harder. Make some toothbrush. Turn it from the gentle to the to the polish. Right, right. right. <laughs> hey, man. So keeping it on the uh, athlete topic, man. So I came Get across an Alexa in the bathroom. Be like, I have an Alexa and such. I have an Alexa. She probably hear me calling her right now. Anyway, keep it on the athlete tip, man. I saw an interesting article. I was actually surprised and pleased at the same time. A young man named Maurice Robinson out of Alabama uh, signed uh, to Grambling State over Alabama, Nick Saban and them. And it, it made me think a lot about, you know, if we got more of these athletes. Now, he's a three-star athlete, but he was top 20 in the state. Um, but we get more three, four, five-star athletes to make that commitment to the HBCUs, what what we could accomplish within the HBCU realm. And I wanted to get you guys' take on it, specifically you, Mike, since you have a young star athlete, man. He's going to be making these decisions in the coming years. How you feel about pushing him, not necessarily pushing him, but helping influence his decision and whether or not it would be good for him to go to an HBCU over a PWI where you know the money and resources are kind of overflowing? Um, I don't necessarily know if I would push him to the HBCU because of it being the black school. I would, he would have to, one, want to be in that area. 
So like what school you would go to would depend on where you feel comfortable knowing people around you. If all things are equal and it's HBCU versus PWI in terms of, you know, you're going to get the same amount of time. This can have this advantage. Education is all equal. I probably would push them towards more the HBCU just because of the environment. Um, the, the relationships that he would have would be a little bit different and specifically because of his upbringing. It's almost an immersion into a culture that you haven't been so familiar with growing up. Mm. So I can see him having now both sides and kind of being able to function differently. <clears throat> so for example, um, uh, we have a cousin and literally he grew up in Brooklyn but literally came back from a trip to Jordan because he went to a private school, a boarding school, an all-boys school. He's done mission trips in Jordan, literally was over there for like three years and went back for 10 days just because it was fun and was talking about how they were killing goats. Like his whole environment, his whole understanding is different because he literally grew up in the heart of Brooklyn but went to a private school. So he got immersed in both. <clears throat> and by being at the boarding school, he got thoroughly immersed, immersed in that other culture to where the kids in Brooklyn are hanging out for the summer. He's on yachts with his friends. Mm -hmm. So now to leave that and come back to Brooklyn is a little different. And I think it would be the same thing for him. Um, I'm not saying that we're in the yachts with friends part, but the culture shock is real. And I right. think that was one of the things that Maurice mentioned in his interview as to why he chose Grambling over Alabama. It was the comfort zone. And then I guess the, the recruiter, his coach, um, looking for his name now. But uh, I would five. I would I would definitely say there is a difference of school environment though. So he's not getting steak and lobster and custom-made omelets and the cash in the envelope when you're walking across campus and you're the 15th running back on the thing with TVs in the back of your car. That's not happening in Grambling. If he's going to Grambling, he's going to class. He's going to school. He's doing his own work. He's seeing his own tutors. He's scheduling his own classes. Like, he may have to go to financial aid because his scholarship ain't all what it's supposed to be and you know i mean it's a lot of stuff that goes into big time college football <clears throat> and that's the reason why they have it i mean that's the reason why alabama machine it got, is and grambling is one yeah. of those larger black college programs but go ahead Kay. and i was gonna say i don't like i don't think before the season ever starts grambling is gonna have eric thomas coming to speak to everybody and then the week after they're gonna have kobe bryant coming to talk to the team Right. Uh, which is what Alabama just did. So, but I, I think the the underlying thing here is what is he really going to get? Is he going to get a complete 300, 360 coverage of not just being an athlete, but also being a student and being a, a black man um, versus Alabama? I'm pretty sure you're just there to be an athlete. Right. And to continue the domination of the program. Um, so if, if if I think in this particular case, if you are more interested in total development, that's going to set you up for the future, whether you're an athlete or you're just a, a, a functioning person in society, then I could see, you know, you go to Grambling because your grandma said, no, you're going to be more than just a football player. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's the biggest thing when, and we'll get into the PWI versus um, HBCU conversation with some HBCU guests. But I think that's one of the bigger things with this whole move. And I, I see more of it of as the sacrifice. And I've had this conversation um, with friend, amongst friends and what it would take to actually get you know, more athletes, more black athletes, because we comprise a large portion of the NCAA football, a large portion of the NFL, NBA, you name it. Um, but what it would take to get them to make that jump, and I think it's a huge sacrifice, but the benefits I feel like are there, but I, I'm not a product of an HBCU, but I, I, I've talked to those and I've been around those that have talked about that holistic experience, even though even through the challenges and, you know, the administrative woes that can that can possibly be corrected if we funnel one of the major draws back into that those institutions being through the athletics. Well, I think part of the problem is is the greater perception that if you go to a HBCU, that you kind of you might as well have been at a junior college, mm-hmm. right? That's probably what the 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 majority uh, outlook is, and, and we know differently. I mean, we all know people that went to HBCUs, and we respect them. We don't have anything against them. As a matter of fact, I, I feel it's the opposite. Uh, sometimes where they look at us and be like, because you guys went to a, a PWI, your college experience sucked. Um, so, outside of homecoming, I don't know. <laughs> well, outside of homecoming and halftime at the football games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, band of the hour. Which hour? <laughs> like, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, – and Brett, I want to I want to evolve this conversation a little bit, right? Because I'm trying to understand how we end up with PWIs and HBCUs, but we don't have PWCs and PBCs. What would that be standing for? Predominantly white companies, predominantly black companies. Well, these are all general terms, um, but I work at a, PD, uh, a PBC, so. Right, but we don't call it I, that. I work at a PBC. No, because we. It's funny. I think a lot of that has to do with the NBA. You have to, um, it's the system. You got to play the game, right? And in order to assume some of the rights and privileges of the, of an MBE, um, and, which includes women, white women as a, as a minority at, at this point, um, that's just kind of what we fall under. And, and when you say MBE, what do you, what do you? Minority business and enterprise, I believe is what it's called. Oh, MBE. Got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. I thought you said NBE. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. Um, okay. But, but here's the thing though. So what, what would be the advantage or disadvantage of working in a predominantly black company or predominantly minority company? <laughs> okay. I think the same. Uh, access is, is a huge challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, you 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 always climbing the ladder, and this is me speaking on being from experience over the last six months. Um, you you always climbing the ladder, you always showing and proving, and it's like the uh, the saying goes: you have to work twice as hard, you know, show prove yourself to be twice as good to even be on that that same level, that same stage. And once you do ascend to that level or on that thing where you feel the the playing ground is the same you still can't you're not afforded the same mistakes you know you have to almost be perfect and i've seen that in in my dealings at at working at a pbc with um 
you know, white clients. I would think that that would be the same, like that would be the, the case for working at a PWC. You know what I mean? Like if you're working at a PBC, you... The way that my, my company is structured, we, we contract a lot of our stuff. So it's not, it's not a large... Oh, okay. So you're serving, like in the, in the eyes of the clients, you have to be that. Right. I said, okay, I, okay, okay, okay. That's what you're saying. Right. In, order, in order to win bids, in order to win these contracts, you know, continue to lease these hotels, you have to maintain a certain level of like status and um, reputation. And, you know, that slips a little bit and you might be on the outs, even though it's a requirement on a lot of these jobs to, to have the MBE on the job site. So, well, OK, so the requirement is there has to be a certain number of minority bids. Uh, the requirement has never been that you have to award a certain oh, no, have, minority bids. You, you have to award them. They have it in Cleveland. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah, so it has evolved because yeah. before it just used to be you had to have a certain amount of minority bids. But the, and, it, yeah, but, but the issue is the enforcement. So once it happens, the minority bid is awarded by me paying you the money I said I was going to pay you and you never show up. And then I get whoever I want to do it because I didn't give you the full value. I gave you what you thought you should ask for. And that's that's part of the issue is because you'll get a piece of the pie, but it's not going to be it, in some instances, it could not be what you're worth or what the mm -hmm. what it should be, um, given the fact that, you know, I just need your name on a piece of paper. Let me put your name down, but I can bring in the crew that mm -hmm. I want to bring in and give them what they what they what I want to pay them. or what they should So so think of it in terms of what I just said e about that website, like literally that's a minority bid requirement. And it was given after the due date, like, I need you to give me something in a week. So the thought process is, okay, well, this big company is asking me to be a part of this big project. I just need to throw a number out. And it's a full team. Like, by the time I look, it's almost like 10 to 15 people you're going to need on that thing. So are you supposed to come back and say, yeah, give me a million and a half to do it? Or do you come back and say, yeah, I do it for 200000 250000 And... It was never so, intended for you to be completely a part of it. And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on the challenges um, because there are benefits as well. Like we said, that holistic environment, you know, being a part of something that's comfortable, people who understand you. Um, and then the, the development of talent is a little bit different from my experience uh, because I think that when they see something in you, they challenge you but they challenge you in a way to build you, not necessarily uh, this is busy work. I need you to fit this mold type of thing where I've experienced in other organizations that I've kind of worked for. All right. And, and working at a PWC, um, you do like, you do stand out, you know, especially my, in my field right now, I'm um, African-American male and it's, it's nothing but Caucasian, you know, females. Is that so, what you are? I thought you was from uh, Honduras or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. I thought you were like an Indian or something. Oh, oh, well, I apologize for leading you astray. You know, you're <laughs> you know? from the Midwest, man. <laughs> no, but um, but yeah, man. So it, it definitely, like you said, the holistic experience, that culture shock. Um, I was over at another office this past week, and I was able to actually connect with another uh, Af African American female that works there, and it's just the conversation we were able to have, as opposed to the conversation you could have, you you can't necessarily have with other people. You don't really get that, like you said, that experience. So, um you're definitely on the radar all the time because you could either be really good 
or you could be like, it could be really bad that you stand out so much, you know, so. Right. And so let me ask you guys this question. Is the difference between, and, and let's not um, leave out our original thing of this young man who decided he wants to go to Grambling State over Alabama. Um, is the difference between us going into a competitive environment and the non-minorities, is it a matter of confidence? So confidence to go in and ask for exactly what we want in exchange for our talent, confidence to go in and say, okay, I know this is what I'm capable of, so I'm not going to deal with whatever foolishness you may have going on here that may not be uh, supportive of what I need because at the level of talent that I have, somebody else is going to pick me up. Somebody else is going to want me. So I yeah, don't have I to think, do this. I think it definitely uh, ties into confidence. You know I mean, that's what Maurice did. He, he went in, I think, didn't he transition to defense? He's going. He's playing. Yeah, he's he because he and he he was playing quarterback. He went in there and said, "Like I don't want to do that. I want to do defense. I want to be a DB." So he went there and asked exactly what he wants based off of what he's already been able to produce. And it's hard to do that if you don't really have that 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 mindset or that like you said that confidence level. But so I think it's would deeper. he would he have done the same thing if he was at Alabama? Uh, that's what I think. I think played what in whatever position they told him to play. I think it's a deeper it's a deeper rooted like trauma almost because you, that confidence, I don't know that I would have going into that same a similar situation mm -hmm. out in Alabama where you feel like you're given what you deserve. And right, I right. think that's how we, we may have been trained as a people for a very long time. Like that's, I'm giving you what you deserve and you should be happy in taking that, especially when it's much better than what you had beforehand. Right. Like they, they kind of almost kind of like they know better. You know they've been exactly. doing it a little longer. They've been in the game a little longer. Right. Like Nick I mean, Nick Saban, he look at his look at his record. Who am I to, to say? You know, I mean, my opinion is is more of a value. Which not I necessarily think. that. Go ahead, bro. I would say not necessarily that, but looking at where I came from, Nick Saban is giving. So I came. I'm. I started. I came from this. Saban is giving me this, but I should really be commanding this. But because yeah. what he's giving me is you know just better than what I'm used to. I'm like, uh -huh. I, I, I'm good with that. And I don't necessarily know. I mean, I know that I'm worth more than what he just gave me. I may not have that mindset. Or it might not have been instilled in me, you know, to ask or demand for what I'm worth. So I but think that's, that's the confidence thing that Carol might be. You know, yeah, but I'm thinking that kind of gets to the confidence point. Because, like, if you're confident that no matter whatever, I'm not standing below this because this is how I am and everything that I need going forward is going to be provided, then it's more – you're good with it. Like, you won't take Alabama. You'll go where you want to go because it's built from something different. It's built from something internal in terms of how you're moving forward, how your thought process are. It's almost like you don't need anybody but you yourself and God, and you understand that, so you just walk. So does it, does it almost shift from confidence to, like, value? I think it's all connected. Or at least it's all, it's all combined? Your value okay, it's all, is high. Your faith is high. Your confidence is booming. Okay. Right, that's all a package. Okay. That, that's all a package. And, and I think what happens is we set out with particular goals that we want to achieve. And along the way, what happens is somebody comes and gives you something and you feel like, oh, man, this is this is good. Um, let me do this. Right. 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 Whereas that might not be what's going to get you to 
that ultimate point. So when you bring up values, yeah, values is in there because, and, and remember, we get, we've been through this exercise of writing down values and then using those values to figure out what aligns with you. Right. Right. And I think when you get into this whole athlete thing or even in the work environment where you, you know that you want to develop, you want to be in leadership, you want to grow. Um, if you don't check every move against your values, then somehow you end up in the situation where, okay, I went to whatever school and now I'm not making it to the league. Right. And there could be one or two decisions that you made that didn't line up with your values. Or you didn't put yourself in an environment that would support your values and therefore help you to keep moving forward. All right. So let's take the Alabama situation. Yeah. I'm going to be on the national stage. I'm going to get um, exposure every week. Do I necessarily get to play and show my capabilities? Mm, that's debatable, especially since there's three, there's three to four guys behind me that probably got the same level of talent, if not more. Right. And then not only that, let's say you do get to play. All you get to do is you go out there, you play well in the game. Maybe you do one, two years of school and then you come out of school, you go to the league, you get that for that injury that puts you out. Now what? Mm-hmm. Whereas another institution, maybe you would have got to play, right? The, the, the recruiters got to do a little bit more digging to, to find the game film on you because you're not nationally televised. But in the meantime, the, the administration and everybody is making sure that you're going to class. Yo, you're going to class. You're not getting any free passes because you're an athlete, right? So I remember being at, at, at UM and the year that I got tapped for Iron Arrow, right? The highest honor achievable at University of Miami. I got pulled out of um, one of my history classes. And I can't remember his name, man. Uh, Dr. Spivey. Yep, that's his name. Dr. Spivey uh, was my professor. And he was a black professor, mm-hmm. right? They came and pulled me out of his class right before an exam. I came back to him and said, hey, Dr. Spivey, um, I'm sorry I missed the exam, but you saw what happened. I got tapped for iron out. He's like, what does it have to do with me? <laughs> what, is, what does it have to do with me and what you said you were coming to the school for? When you came to the school, did you apply for iron arrow or did you apply to be a student at the University of Miami? And I was just blown. I was just like, so you're not going to let me take tests? (laughs) (laughs) But that's what you get. Go to an HBCU, man. We see it on the TV. What you get as a profile athlete at a top 25 school. That is not what you get in that UM, man. I remember being in some classes and, you know, dudes in the back, they they have certain classes where they send the person to check attendance and everything. And, you know, it kind of is what it is. As long as you're busting heads on the football field or – Cracking home runs on the baseball field, you good. Nah, 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 nah. As long as you cracking heads on the football field or making hoops on the basketball court, that's it. It ain't no baseball, no swimming, no lacrosse, no nothing else. It's just those two. Like you, it's March Madness and the Super Bowl, and the Super Bowl and the college championship. It's it's it's, it's the ones bringing in the most money to the school. Right, absolutely. Like it's 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 a basketball that's connected with football. If it's still the same way at UM. All the other sports eating the cafeteria with everybody else. Nah, baseball got a little profile, man. So I've never yeah, yeah, I, think, I, think, I think baseball has. I think baseball has more profile than I, I don't see baseball players ever in the dining. Well, I didn't when I was down there. Um, 
Only okay. one actually. His name was Jamal. Uh, he actually did end up playing with the Pirates for a little while, but he was he was cool. He was that guy. You know, but right, was, but 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 why what why why was he in the cafeteria? He was comfortable. That's because the people that looked like him were in the cafeteria. That's what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> there weren't but there weren't there weren't but what two three of us on the baseball on team. The baseball so, team, yeah, man. Interesting, but you know what what I don't want to lose is is that whether it be, look, you know, historically black college, you know, predominantly white institution, whatever it is, workplace, um, what you get is what you set expectation for, right? So no matter what it is you're doing, it's up to you to set the expectation. And when you set the expectation up front, remember, you're not just applying to be part of a program or you're not interviewing just for a job. And again, it says, Hey, are you interviewing for this? Or are you applying to this? It's just as much as you to find out if those are the right people for you as they're trying to find out if you're the right person for their place, whether it be their school or, or that job, it, it is on you. You need to interview them just as well um, and, and make sure it's a right fit. And the only way that you can figure out if it's a right fit is going back to what Jay said. You got to know your values and you got to know what your ultimate goal is. And that's what helps you line up. And then that's what they're coming for you, Jay. They're coming for us here on the 13th. <laughs> man, we got a rap, man. We got a rap. People <laughs> like, what's that? What? They say, oh, no, they, they, they connecting. It's too late. Uh, uh, I can show y'all how I got into the room this morning. If yeah, y'all yeah, we, talk we, we need that. We need yeah. that. <laughs> Jay Dace, man. Oh, go ahead, Kay. Go ahead, Kay. Uh, man, I totally lost it, man. But, you know, the, 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 the bottom line is – this young man that chose Grambling State, man, hats off to him, you know, because that's that's a big deal. Like, you turn down Alabama, right, who is the powerhouse, who everybody's going to be looking at. Everybody wants to see who's playing for them. Um, I don't even know how many people they had going in the draft last year or year before, but I'm sure they were they were tops amongst. What, eight of the last ten championships? Yep. Crazy number like that. Yeah, man. So, I, I, look, anybody that that chooses, let's say, the more difficult road to get to the destination, mm. hey, props to you. Props to you. Don't be scared of that difficult road. J Days. Confidence. What's going on, man? Uh, we need that fit tip of the week before we get up out of here, man. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. So, um, something simple that you can do, man, is uh, practice belly breathing. And I know a lot of us, we don't really – belly breathing like when you breathe let your stomach expand you know as opposed to breathing through your chest so often we do that and i know i do that all the, i used to do that all the time and that's like you have a shortness of breath and you don't really understand why but uh <laughs> but belly no, breathing it's, man it's, it's a real thing mike it it's really a real, is it's a real thing like when when you really want to get to the the highest level of your oxygen efficiency you have no doubt, to no belly doubt. and it's crazy because weight is a, is is a loss through your breath. Like a study was found that basically when you're losing weight, the most majority of the weight is is uh, it leaves your body as carbon dioxide, right? So I think it's 29 kilograms of oxygen helps to break down 10.4 kilograms of, of actually body fat. So belly breathing helps to um, basically release the, 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 the weight that's being lost. 
it's, it's, it's crazy, man. It's a crazy fact. So just practice belly breathing and it's a restorative process. It helps to, you know, re, like re, restore the muscles in the body and, and things of that nature, man. So definitely belly breathing is something simple you could do. You could do it at the stoplight. You could do it when you're sitting at your desk at work. Um, definitely just take some time to do that. And, uh, you know, like he's like Kay said, get that full level of oxygen in your body. Is there so, like a one, two, three steps for this type of breathing? No, nah, man. You just like like how you're breathing right now. You don't really think about it, but you're not. You're taking more so shallow breaths because that's what we're shallow. Doing. Yeah, yeah. So you, when you just you have to be conscious of it because we're not used to doing it. I'm so doing, just I'm trying to do it. Now. Just it's just like, it's a it's a struggle. Inhale struggle, and but, right, right, because it's it's not something you're used to doing. But natural. so so what what you can do is Brett, and how you really know if you put your hand right here. And when you breathe in, your hand should go up. Right. And if you push against it, that's how you know how strong that inhale is. And it's not like you're not supposed to feel like most people feel like you're breathing, your chest goes up. It right. shouldn't be your chest going up. It should be your stomach coming out. Yeah, like, or you can, uh, if you want to do it another way, you can lay down and like put your phone on your stomach and you're, you should see your phone go up and down. It's it's right. a it's a process that it it may not be easy at first, but the more you do it, the more you get used to it, it actually becomes easier, and then you're being more mindful of it. I mean, like I've been and, doing it, for, and you become a more efficient breather actually because it's way easier to breathe that way than uh, like when you're right. like when you're talking and you're trying to breathe at the same time. It's almost impossible, but you'll find that you can breathe that way and talk and do whatever you're doing, and you'll refuel your oxygen. So right. this is a workout within itself. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it, it is until it isn't you know what i mean like until it just becomes a, the natural way which it should be the way you're breathing you're not getting as much oxygen as you should be getting you're not using your lungs to the fullest capacity yeah so for people like you know uh not you two because you two stay in relatively great shape uh for mike and i um you know we don't necessarily uh just walk around doing that all the time because we look like we were pregnant when we try to fill up. Yeah, that's why I started laughing. Like, I don't know if I want to belly breathe, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to expand it. <laughs> right, 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 right. We're busy trying to hold it in. And, and that's right. part of it, too. Uh, you know, if, if we can be totally honest, that's part of it, too. Most people don't want to breathe that way because now you're no longer holding your stomach in. You got to let your stomach out. So, folks, stop hiding from it. Is right. what, if you got a belly, you got a belly. And if you don't want to, this is one way to get rid of that. Check out my man, check out my man Jay Dace. He can show you how to get to that that optimal uh, uh, stomach. You know, get all six packed up, eight packed up. Uh, I got a question for you, absolutely. Jay Dace. What's up, man? Do that. How, do you, how do you recommend weight loss without waking up at five a.m.? Oh, you don't have to wake up at five a.m. to lose weight. It seems like that's the hour that everybody if that's is schedule. If that's what your schedule demands. Right, right. I mean, you you got to do because sleep is super important. Actually, a third of the weight loss in that process that I was speaking of belly breathing, a third of weight loss comes from sleep. So, you know, if you're not getting optimal sleep, right, you can't you you won't be able to uh, lose the weight or your body's holding on to the fat. And you're then you have certain cravings throughout the day because you're 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 tired and you're craving carbs as opposed to healthy fats or, or proteins, you know, because your body's looking for that immediate um, that immediate energy source fix. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, man. So you don't have to wake up at 5 a.m. You just got to find a routine. And I think that's 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 really where the power is, man, your routine. So if you find a routine that best fits you, like if 7 a.m. is your golden hour, wake up at 7. If, if you got to go to Mike, bed at 10. My, 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 Mike's Mike's challenge is that <laughs> Mike is a night owl. That's what I'm saying. He's his stuff done at nighttime. So yeah. for Mike, Mike would have to work out at night. Yes. Then go oh, do okay. his work. 
Okay. But then the problem is he doesn't have the opportunity to sleep during the day because he got responsibilities during the day that he get, that he has to, to do. So it's not like he can just say, okay, I'm going to go to sleep at six in the morning, get my eight hours and then wake up. Yeah. I think I, I've, re- I've read that optimal sleep, you get the most, you get the most, the best sleep, most quality sleep from 10 to two, you know, 10 so it, it, 10, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. That's oh. where, that's like, the, that's, <laughs> that's when you get the best work done. That's when you get the best work Okay. Okay. I ain't seen the 10 a.m. bedtime in years. Um, wow. Now, what, what I did read or hear recently on a podcast was that, um, we are tricked into thinking that it's a certain amount of hours and we should be thinking more in sleep cycles. And it's really about sleep cycles that you need to get. And there's a certain number that you need to get within a week. So um, when they talk about taking naps, that contributes towards your sleep cycle, but a full sleep cycle is 90 minutes. So when you take an hour nap, you kind of wake up and you still kind of feel groggy because you woke up in the middle of a sleep cycle. Mm. So man, sleep is, as Jay said, it's big. And, and there's a whole lot of science and data out there that we don't even have time for. And so I, I got, I remember reading. Uh, I gotta see if I can find them. I remember reading one book on breathing and one book on water. I didn't get to the sleep one yet, but uh, the water and the breathing ones were good. Uh, definitely life changing thought processes of how you just approach everything. So, um, and my grandmother, uh, love you, Granny. Uh, she used to sit like at the kitchen table all the time. And I'm like, Granny, what you doing? She's like, I'm over here getting my abs right. <laughs> She's like, what? And she literally had like a six pack. She said she would sit there and people thought she was just sitting there asleep. She said, no, I'm sitting here doing crunches. Like, you don't know. Like, I'm old and I don't have no belly, baby. Mm. You got a point, Granny. So, Jay, I know this is your lane, but we just want to make sure people know. Right. Crunches by itself will not make your abs show. Oh, no. Same thing with the breathing, I just said. It's a small thing that you include into something that you're already doing. You know what I mean? Like, it's, there's no one thing you can do and the weight just falls off. You know, there's, there's small pieces that you combine together that best fits you as the individual, and then that's where you get the results. Yo, we really need to get a nutritionist on here. That would okay. be, like, a great podcast, man. We get yeah. somebody, a nutritionist. So yeah, I'm willing to be a test subject. I'm trying to get to 215, if not 200. Where you at now? Uh, <laughs> 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 Ladies, <laughs> so we at about two forty-five. Easy. Uh, I would say it was one time I thought like I had like six five, Mike. Nah, I'm like six two on good days. That's that's yeah. it. Yeah. Nah, you got me by a little bit more than that. I you were taller uh, than that. Art yeah. like six two. Yeah, Art, no, Art six four. Yeah, Art's taller than me. See, I didn't. Art is taller than me. I remember. Yeah. Remember. He is. Yeah. And so it's crazy. Like Art is Kyrie size. People like you talk, man. I'm short. Like those. Kyrie guys. Irving six four. That's crazy. Six, Kyrie Irving six four. Yep. Yeah. Him and Steph Curry same size. Steph Curry six four. Six three, I believe. Nah. Yeah, how, tall, how tall is LeBron James then? Six nine. Six, Good. Yeah. Like KD is seven feet. That's why I say it's like with the that was the biggest di- is to see the height difference, and because everybody's the same height when you're looking at it on TV. You it is crazy though. Six and then you see a person like, uh, okay. Kyrie, like I was like five seven. Yeah, 
I didn't realize the Wayne Wade was as tall as he was. I thought right, he was, I heard he like six two, something like that. No, he's six four, six five. Yeah. I thought he was only like six feet, six one. Mm -mm. Like I'm like NFL players are normal size. They're just thick. So it's like I would be a tall, big defensive back. Mm -hmm. Got you coming downhill, baby. Pow. How about them Browns? Yes, sir. Later for that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we up out of here, ladies and gentlemen. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe. If you don't like what you heard, leave us a comment in the uh, under the podcast or on the Facebook page. You can get connected with us at 13th Floor, please, on all social media platforms. J Dace, where can they find you at so we can get these fit tips rolling? Uh, J Dace underscore encourages on IG and info at jdaceencourages.com for the email access. And for the DIC, man, what we got, man? Where can they get with you at? Man, it's coming. I promise y'all, carol at carol.com is being worked on right now. Um, when you got a fancy name that nobody else has, you can you can get that. <laughs> you can get that website address, your name, uh, at yourname.com. Uh, <laughs> social media, man, you can find me at only carol. Uh, you can find me at carol Kadayo, K-E-R-R-O-L-C-O-D-A-L-L-O. Uh, and that's it for now, man. But we're working on big things, man. I'm excited when we when we when we come out of this gate. Woo! Coming out strong. Panache, we ain't gonna leave you. We ain't gonna leave you out, man. Come on, run it down for us real quick. Uh, Michael at Panache Five and at Panache Five Aces. P A N A C H E. The number five aces. There it is, man. That's the crew. Appreciate y'all this morning, man. Go be great. We're gonna be out here. We gonna enjoy the rest of this Sunday. That's it, ladies and gentlemen, here on the 13th floor, where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. Get better, baby. Get better. The 13th floor. <laughs> <laughs> the 13th floor. <laughs>